Hola y welcome to Femas Faith. I'm Erika Reynoso, a church kid and pastor's kid raised in La Iglesia Pentecostal. I'm hoping to share encouragement and compassion to struggling church kids like myself. Thank you for joining me on today's episode. So the basis of why I started this podcast is to connect with people like me who have been raised in the church, in particular Latino children of immigrants, um, because our experience in the U.S. has so many complex, interconnected webs and layers that consciously and unconsciously shape the way we show up in this world. So I'm coming from a background as a Latina, born to Salvadorenos, raised in the South, with the privilege of being a U.S. citizen, married to a Guatemalan, and the list goes on, right? So when I share my stories, uh, I by no means assume that everyone's stories are like mine because they can never be. And for this reason, I wanted to take this episode and try to unweave the very, very tightly woven tapestries of our identities with questions that can help us see the bigger picture of who we are. So you ready? Let's go. So I'm going to, you know, just give a, a list of questions and I want you to look at the answers of these questions almost like your origin story. So you're the superhero of your life, right? And these next questions will help understand your origin story. They certainly have helped me. So first, um, we have to talk about our parents, okay? So let's talk about our parents. Uh, what is their country of origin? What was their state? What was the state of their homeland when they left? And why did they leave? My parents are from El Salvador and they left in the middle of the Civil War. And that has shaped a lot of our story. Now look at, let's see, what was your parents' family like at their home? What stories have you heard about their family back home? Were they rich? Were they poor? Did they go to school? Did they not? Because I know it's very, um, you know, normal for our parents that came from Latin American countries to not have finished elementary school and I remember growing up not really knowing how to explain that without people really responding with their eyes about to pop out like, what? But that's a part of our parents' story and ultimately it impacts us. And also with your parents, do they come here with papers or not? Because that also uh, shaped our experience. So when your parents came to America, what state did they go to, okay? Did they move to a state where your parents were one in a few Latinos or they, did they move somewhere where you saw hundreds of people like yourself every day? Uh, how did your parents' background from home shape their experiences here? So, for instance, 
if your parents were doctors or engineers in their home country but weren't able to practice their career here how did they adapt to having to take on labor jobs or if your parents come from poverty how did they adjust to the jobs they were offered here think about how how did your parents adapt to the new life in america and how did that shape your upbringing upbringing what messages did you hear about your experience as a child of an immigrant so did you get you know the <laughs> as speeches or i guess encouragement that you know your parents might have been raised in poverty and they were giving you the best life they could and so that's why they wanted you to um, echarle ganas, ponerte las pilas para estudiar, para que tengas una carrera, para que no tengas que trabajar como yo trabajo, you know? To not have to relive what your parents lived, because ultimately that shaped our own mindset towards ourselves and our role in our family. All right, so up to this point, I've given you a lot of questions about your parents and their story of immigration coming to America. And I think it's really important for us to take a moment to really think about it because their experiences from home ultimately shaped how you were raised, how you were taught, and how you showed up in the communities you were a part of. So up to this point, every question I have asked applies to about 18 million children of immigrants as of uh, research done in 2021. This, or you know, the parents' story of immigration. Uh, and that's not really even narrowing it down to immigrants from Latin America, but it's still a pretty big number. But now the number gets smaller though, because we add the layer of being raised in the church, because that adds nuance to our experience as children of immigrants. So let's look at that. First question, who came to faith first, you or your parents? And we're going to continue to look at our parents because um, if our parents came to faith first, that shaped their parenting to some degree. So the next question, how did your parents come to faith? What were the circumstances in your life that brought them to the church? And when did they come to faith? Was it before you were born? or after you were born? Where did they come to faith? Was it here in the US or was it in their home country? Because again, all of this is gonna shape your parents' experience in Christianity, which will in turn shape your own. So taking a moment to look at your parents' story of faith will help you understand the influence it had on you growing up. Because although you're a part of a specific culture, as a 
you know, part of the Latino culture. Uh, you're a part of a, a culture within that culture by being in the church. Now, you may be asking yourself, where do I come into the picture? Well, you come into the picture right now. So after looking at your parents' story, where do you come in? Were you born here in the U.S.? Or were you born in your parents' country? Did you experience life in your home country and transition to America? What was that transition like? Or were you born here? And if your parents came to faith after you were born, do you remember that shift in your life? What was that like? Because your parents becoming a Christian as a child, um, you know, younger than eight or nine, and I would probably guess, you have to take into account that we were all going through different developmental stages and a major shift, like beginning a new life in the faith will hit different at different stages, right? So if you, your parents came to church when you were a teenager, at that point, scientifically speaking, <laughs> um, your parents' parenting of you was done before 13 years uh, because just the, the brain of a child responds differently after 13. And so being introduced to this new lifestyle as a teenager is definitely going to hit really different versus coming to church as a young child where you're still beginning to learn life, you know? Um, but then we have... Those that were born into the faith, you don't know life outside of Christianity. Ask yourself, what have been the challenges and celebrations of your life in the church? And then think about how, how has your parents' story shaped your perception of your role in your family and their future? So taking into account sort of like your parents' story, where you came into it. I think for a lot of us, our role was to make our parents proud. And then you add faith into it, and then we have just this whole new weight of making your parents proud while being holy. Like, dang, <laughs> it's hard out here. <laughs> Um, and then you, you think about what's it like being a Latina in this country and what about being a Christian adds some complexity to your identity in your own culture. So these are all questions that I have asked myself. I know I just rambled and gave a huge list of questions, but maybe you can just play and press pause and like write or think whatever but these have been good questions that have helped me sort of just unweave a little bit of, of my identity and I know there's a lot more because all of these questions assume that your parents are a part of your life 
or that your parents have had an active role in your development or that your parents are a part of the faith. And so I'm sorry if these questions don't fully capture your family background, but I do want you to know that whatever your story of origin looks like, there are questions to be asked that can help you understand what it is about being Latino in America as a Christian has shaped how you perceive yourself in a place that doesn't feel like home. So let me share with you a little tiny piece of my story. So I was born in Charlotte, North Carolina, which is in the South. I sometimes got the Southern twang every now and then, but um, (laughs) uh, my parents actually met here in Charlotte, even though they were born no more than an hour away from each other in El Salvador. So they both came here under similar circumstances, the Civil War in El Salvador. Now, I I can't begin to imagine what it's like to need to escape home in order to literally stay alive. And I can't, and because of that, I hold on compassionately when I think about how my parents came here. So my parents uh, came to faith when I was four. I was four years old when we started going to church. And even though I was super young, I remember the major shift in our lives when my parents began going to church. Like there's a before and after. And I know I can't say the same about my two little sisters. We're a family of four. Two of us were born before my parents became Christian and two were born after my parents became Christian. So they don't have the memories or experiences that me and my older sister have. And so even there within my family, you'll see that there's a different experience within the church because of the timing of my parents' conversion to the faith. So I remember as a four-year-old that shift in my parents' parenting towards us and, and how they were teaching us about God and how as Christians we had a calling to be the difference wherever we went. And so I'm, I'm, I'm going to take a step back and revisit where my parents came to. Okay, My parents came to Charlotte, North Carolina in the mid-80s. Now at the time, there were very few Latinos in Charlotte. And the number has obviously exploded in the last couple of decades. But when I started school in pre-K in the late 90s, um, I remember not seeing very many kids that looked like me in school. And then I was placed in a talent development program where there were even fewer kids that looked like me. So I remember being in you know, these classes growing up TD, talent development, my whole life with very few Latinos. And in fact, I think the most Latinos I had in my class was maybe three or four, potentially, I don't remember. Um, Although there was one time, okay, there was one time I was in a class with more than that, but that was because my sixth grade honors math class was full 
So I was placed in an eighth grade standard math class. Uh, yeah, I was a nerd and I say that proudly. But in that class, I remember how lonely I felt. I realized how I struggled connecting with Latinos because I just never had them in my proximity. And then, and then I had this voice in the back of my head that made me feel like I had a duty, a responsibility, el mandamiento de Dios to be a good Christian Latina. So it was even more isolating because even though I had Latinos in my classes, my life as a church-going Latina was way, way different than a non-church-going Latino. It was, it was hard to connect without feeling like I needed to be different even with my own people. And I remember in seventh grade, man, I had all the hormonal first period identity <laughs> crises that comes with middle school. I was crazy with a deep sense of patriotism to <laughs> El Salvador. Um, like my MySpace, I designed my own profile with all my HTML coding <laughs> that screamed, I'm Salvadorena and proud. <sighs> I was so annoying. I remember one time getting mad at a friend because she accidentally said Ecuador instead of El Salvador. <laughs> um, but looking back at my 13-year-old self, I feel moved um, by my attempt to grasp onto a piece of my identity that I felt so disconnected to. I didn't have friends that looked like me and I felt so lost within my own culture. And one night I remember crying and praying and I begged God, God, please, I just want one friend who goes to my church and goes to my school. That's all I wanted. And surely enough, God in his infinite mercy, someone from my school started to go to my church and we became best friends. We had sleepovers and we laughed together and I felt so special when I finally had someone that I could wave to from across the cafeteria. And, and I just, I was so happy. And she ended up moving and we lost touch. Um, but I've, I've tried tracking her down just to tell her, thank you for your friendship during such a hard time. I think the, the most significant part of that story though is that God cared enough about my identity crisis to give me what I needed to affirm my identity as a Latina and a Christian. He saw my need for connection and provided. And I, I want to zoom in on this truth that God cared about two pieces of my identity that collided because I too often heard sermons growing up about identity. You know, and all the cultos de jóvenes and whatnot. 
what the message I heard was that our identity is in Christ and that nothing else should define who we are. And you know, it, it, make, it makes a lot of sense. It does. The Latino community in the US has suffered countless injustices, marginalizing Latino communities. I remember as a, a teenager, um, when you know someone would make an announcement at the end of service saying there was a reten, a checkpoint, and for people to either find a different way home or they would sometimes hang back until all was clear. Um, this is the community that knew far too well the feeling of their safety being threatened and the fear of separation from family by simply driving in the wrong place at the wrong time. So it makes sense that in a country where we are often told we have no value, that we would want to find our value, our identity completely and solely in the eternal loving, everlasting, never failing love. So it makes sense to grasp onto the voice that wraps you in love. But that voice of love also calls us to deeper waters where every part of us can be loved. The parts of us that aren't loved by society, the parts of us that are confusing to ourselves and to others, the, the parts of us that don't feel at home, he wants to love those parts of us and to neglect and ignore parts of our identity outside of our faith is to deny God an opportunity to show that he cares. He sees that I'm an oddball salvadoreña raised in the South and that I can bop to cumbia just like I'm bop to some country. <laughs> Sometimes, not all the time. Or that I love pupusas and barbecue with some horchata or sweet tea. <laughs> He's, he sees how I have had to navigate life between two cultures without ever really feeling at home in either one. And he cares. He cares because he gets it. Think about it. He came from his home heaven, had to adapt to life on this earth, which even though he's a creator, he was ostracized from the beginning, being persecuted by Herodes to the point of needing to migrate to Egypt for his own protection, to return where he started his ministry, only to be slandered and ridiculed by his own people and later murdered by them. Jesus understands the feeling of otherness and that and that is why he is a perfect companion in the wandering the wandering between cultures between families and within ourselves and he makes note of this in one of in one of his final prayers um, when he felt the weight leading up to the cross he prayed for his followers that were to come and he said now i am coming to you i told them many things while i was with them in this world so that they could be filled with my joy 
I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. So in this heavy, heavy prayer that Jesus says, just moments before he would be betrayed by Judas, he acknowledges the weight that it is to be in this world and not be of it, and to be in constant wandering. So if you feel like you've been wandering and like you don't belong, Jesus knows that feeling and he cares and he wants to show up for you. So I'm going to wrap this up here because I know I could probably expand every minute of this podcast into an hour, but I'm going to pause here. And you might have noticed I didn't speak too much about church. I focused on at least my experience as a Christian Latina outside of church and school mostly because there's just so much to be said about my experience within the church, which ultimately brought me here talking to a microphone, hopefully talking to people. (laughs) So I'll dig a little bit deeper in the next episode. So I hope to have you join me there. Thank you for listening, friends. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Be sure to follow me on Instagram at TMSBase and subscribe to this podcast. Your following and sharing helps spread this message of hope and compassion. Gracias y hasta luego.